to him. He's the guy that lays his head on your chest and it's a little uncomfortable being with him. No, that's, that's where we come as we look today. We come to him uh, with everything we do. So John chapter 4, I want to read these first verses. John chapter 4, let's start at verse 1. Uh, very familiar story if you've read John. Very familiar if you've heard Jesus and the woman at the well. But I want to read this. Verse 1 says this. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though, John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. Let me say that again. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his own son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you, say it with me, living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go and call your husband to come here. Well, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. In verse 19, and the woman said to her, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. So Lord, as we stop, we thank you for your word that speaks life to us. Your promise is it would become a fountain of living water coming out of us. Lord, give us insight today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. You know, when I got up this morning and I checked, it was 39 degrees outside. And I thought, I am so glad that we don't have outhouses anymore. 
Can you imagine getting all bundled up and going out back to the outhouse? And then you would have had to, back in the day, drawn water. You had to find the well or the stream and get water and heat it up so that you could have taken your bath or your quick whatever you would do. And that you had enough water somewhere for your animals and for later when everybody got up. Aren't you glad you have running water in your house? That all you had to do this morning was go to the faucet, turn it on, fill up a cup and have a cup of water. All you had to do was turn on the shower, wait till it got warm, got in the shower to clean up. You could do all of those type of things. But when we look back, isn't it whoever invented plumbing, right? That guy, he needs something more than a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I mean, that guy had insight. I think Jesus invented it. I think he said it right there, right? There'll be a fountain that'll come up, right? And you'll have water. Now, he was talking about spiritually. Years ago, uh, when I was in Bible college, a friend of mine asked me to go camping with him. And he, and he said, make sure you bring a ton of quarters because there's no showers. Uh, and we're going to camp in a tent. And anything we catch out of the lake, we're going to eat. Some of you have done that before. You know, we had a few things to get us through the day. We got tired of trout. We had trout and eggs, right? And you had trout at lunch, trout sandwich, and you had trout dinner. And, and then you finally, after day three, you got to take a shower because the tent kind of smelled a little bit inside. Uh, but, oh, have you ever done that? You haven't taken a shower for two or three or four days, and you've been sweaty and dirty and out, and you take this hot shower, and then your quarter ends? Oh, I don't have any more quarters, you know? Uh, we, but nowadays, they call it glamping. You know what glamping is? Yes. Glorious camping, right? That means you got an RV. That means you got a barbecue. That means you have showers. That means you have prepared food. That means some of them have TV. That's just kind of, it's Michelle shaking her head over here. You know, Bible times were tough living. Getting up to draw your own water. Think about that. You'd have to take your clay vessel and you'd have to head out and load up the water from a well or a spring, some of the time having to boil that water, as we've learned. Uh, many times they would take animal skins and fill it up, and that was something that you had to do not only every day, but sometimes multiple times in a day. Water's heavy, right? Usually a gallon weighs seven pounds. We go through a lot of water. When my son's in the shower and I lose track and I think, He's still in that shower. I bang on the wall. Get out of the shower. That's what I do, right? I'm going to put a timer on you. What are you doing in there? Are you doing homework? You know, are you, are you inventing something new with water? Scrub, right? Get out. Right? That water's running, running, running. Well, back in those times, it was difficult to do. The other thing that's funny about the well, the well was the social place to hang out. In fact, if you were to, to read, I have it, Genesis 24, verse 11 and verse 15, we see, see this. Uh, it says, and he made the camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time, a time when the women go out to draw water. Well, that was an indication from the guys. Hey, you know what? We can go meet some girls tonight. Yeah, where do you want to go? You want to go to the movies? You want to go out to dinner? No, let's go to the well, right? <laughs> That's where the girls go. And that's what they would do. That was the social time. You went to the well. You talked. They were drawing water, the cooler uh, part of the day. Travelers, as we read there, would stop. 
And they would water their camels. They would water their herds. They would collect what they needed to collect to go on a journey. Many times the city was known by the landmark, which was the well. Right? It was the main place you had, you had to have it. You know, we know this. The earth, 97% of the water on earth is salt water. Have you ever tried to drink ocean water? Have you ever accidentally, and what do you do? You have this reflex about you. It really almost makes you throw up. Well, because of glaciers and because of ice, it's estimated there's only 1% of water on earth that we can drink. But that 1% today is able for 7.6 billion people to drink. Though many do desalinization. Isn't that interesting? That of the water that we're able to drink, 7.6 billion people on planet Earth can drink that water that God set up for us. So we know we're dependent on that. I want to look at two verses uh, before we look at John 4. Jeremiah 2.13, because there's always hints in the scripture of what's to come, especially when we read in the Old Testament. Jeremiah 2.13, for my people have committed two evils. One, they have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and have hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So God's showing right there through uh, um, Jeremiah, I am the living water. But here's the counterfeit, cistern. But it's broken, right? Doesn't work. And that's what we see through this. That, that's what the devil is best at, counterfeiting. He tries to make it look so good, but you know what it is? It's a broken cistern. It might look like a cistern that works, but it's broken. God makes it the other example. He says, I have the living waters. Isaiah says it, Isaiah 55.1. He starts out with this. Ho, that's kind of an odd thing to write, don't you think? You ever do that, write that? As an intro to any, ho, somebody would probably message you back, Christmas is over, right? We've started a new year. He says, ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Come to the waters. Come to the waters. John writes about water, and I think it's significant, the more that I've been reading through this. You know, he really starts with showing that Jesus was baptized. He goes on and he talks a little bit about how the disciples were baptizing. We just read it right there. Jesus didn't baptize, the disciples were baptizing. His first miracle that we looked at three weeks ago was he turned the water to wine. Now we're going to read about a story where he's going to talk about the water, but it becoming a fountain on the inside of us. Later, the guy that's healed is in the pool of water. Later, he's walking on the water. I don't think John wished that he had beachside property because he loved water. I think there was something spiritually significant that when we read and we look at water, it's attributed to that Holy Spirit operating. It's like there's a Holy Spirit inside plumbing in you. Inside plumbing. So water was a daily part of their life in existence. Water is also a daily part of your life and your existence. 
Try not drinking something all day today. You'll get dry mouth, you'll get irritated, and you're only refreshed when you drink something. But in John 4, 1, I had you repeat it with me. It says this, Jesus said this, he needed to go through Samaria. There was a, a, a divine connection, a relationship that needed to be built. This was something that we see that he was led. And that's why we started service saying this, if God is only doing one thing that I can see, he's doing a thousand things behind the scene. If I can only see him going through Samaria, that's not what he had intended. He had several other things that he was working on. And you'll notice something about Jesus that we don't really read about in the Bible. It says he was wearied. We don't read about things like that in the Bible. You know, he went to go teach and he was just wearied and he got on the stool and he sat with his arm and he began to tell. We don't read that, do we? Why is he wearied? He's been walking for a long time. It's hot. It's dry. He's thirsty. He's obviously hungry because the disciples went into town to go buy food. And he sits, the Bible says, he sits down at the well. You know, usually you only sit down when you're tired or you want to relax. This one, I think we get a picture. Jesus is wearied. He's tired. You know, you ever get home from work and you're, you're, you, you have dinner and you're tired and you sit down and there's a knock at the door? And you say, oh, I'm so glad somebody's coming over tonight. I couldn't wait for that all day long. <laughs> That's what you do, don't you? What do you do? Ah, they'll go away. Phone rings, right? Ah, let it go to voicemail. I'm tired. Well, here's Jesus that gives us that example. He's tired. He's hungry. But notice what he says. It's almost like he's saying these words. Will you help me? Will you help me? Will you give me something to drink? She noticed this fact, uh, John 14, 4, when he says that, right? He's going to say, whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never thirst. What I give him will never thirst, but the water I give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up unto everlasting life. Jesus chooses a water source for his revelation to us of the Holy Spirit operating on the inside of us, right? John 4, uh, in fact, we read this early on, as they talk about this water, Jesus says this, it sounds so rude, right? Hey, go call your husband to come, right? And he knows what the answer is. It seems so rude to us. It's almost like you knowing something about somebody that you shouldn't even ever talk about, but you're going to ask them anyways. I know none of you ever do that. And so she says, well, I've had five husbands, and uh, the one that I'm with now is not my husband. He, he knows that. You know, I think what he noticed is about her spiritually too and about her life, as much as he was tired and hungry and thirsty, right, and needed to sit down, this lady in her life was tired. Uh, a mockery probably of the day. She came to draw water at noontime. When we saw earlier in Genesis, most of the ladies came at evening. Now, why would she come by herself possibly? Because I'm sure people had an opinion about her. I'm sure there were things known. 
But Jesus needed to go through. There was a connection because it wasn't about what was going to be drawn out to fulfill him. It was about what she would begin to draw about him that would fulfill her. Even with Jesus as tired, he wanted help. You know, I thought that was so powerful. Jesus needs our help. Think about that. He needs your help. He wants you to help in the mission that he has. And yet he goes on and we see this. It's such a powerful encounter that John 4 uh, verse 28 says towards the end that she left her water pot. Now her chore that day obviously was to go and get water. Uh, she left the water pot which probably did weigh something. And she left it there. So one, she didn't get the water for who she needed to get water for. And she didn't finish the errand, meaning she'd probably have to come back and do it. But she would probably leave a very valuable piece of equipment there because she was so impacted by the words that he said in verse 14, whoever drinks of this water that I give him will never thirst again. If you read her words... She wants that water. I want that indoor plumbing, right? If, if you got to send the guy out, send him out tomorrow morning, put the indoor plumbing in my house, then I don't ever have to come down here. I don't have to lift this heavy cistern. That's not what he's talking about. It's in you that I want to do a work. It's, as we've been talking the last couple of weeks, it's the come to me. Come to me. You know, I always think of this when she leaves that water pot. People that meet Jesus leave things behind. Right? Matthew's a tax collector. He's not collecting taxes anymore. April 15th doesn't mean a thing to him anymore. Right? He's done with all of that. We have uh, Peter, you know, and James and John, fishermen. They're not fishing as when they're flying. They've left those behind. In fact, James and John left it with their dad. Sorry, dad, we're leaving, right? We're gone. We're not coming back. Luke, the doctor, he's not doing house calls anymore. Right? He's not filling your prescription anymore. You can't call him. He's left those behind. But it's not about what I leave behind. Here's what it's about. That I'll never be the same ever again. It's not what I've left. It's that I'm never the same because on the inside of me, there's a fountain of living water that's springing up. And it's constantly flowing and flowing and flowing. It becomes something overflow. You know, you drink spiritual water or you drink physical water with your mouth, but you drink spiritual water from your heart and spirit by the word of God, by worshiping God, by praying to God and by believing him. She realized that the things of the world had drained her life. Embarrassed. I don't go to the well at the time when it seems like everybody else did in Genesis 29. I go when nobody sees me, drained of life. Now she's going to drink this living water and she's going to go tell the guy and tell everybody in that town, if you read on, come and see the man. You know what she says? That told me and taught me about living water. No, that's not what she said. Come see the man that told me everything I ever did. That's what became life to her. Come hear the man that told me about my life. Living water isn't a well, but it becomes a fountain springing up 
And here's what's great. I get to carry the fountain with me everywhere I go. I'd love to take our church fountain to my house and put it somewhere. And I'll bring it back tomorrow, I promise. Right? I can't do that thing. It's 1,200 pounds. Right? So I get a little mini baby one right, to put in the back. It's not the same. Right? It's not the same. I don't leave my fountain when I get dismissed today here. Hey, I'm going to leave it on that chair. Uh, it's got a little tear in it right there. I'm going to leave it on that one. No, 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 don't. You don't have to leave. You don't leave it with you. It goes with you. It's, a, it's, it's an overflowing fountain that keeps going and going because you're being refreshed because you're coming to him. You're listening to the words that he says. You're praying and the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart and giving your direction and even if your testimony is, come and see a man that told me everything I ever did, what a great testimony. Even listen in Revelations chapter 22, verse 17. Listen as we close out Revelation. And the Spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who has ears say, come. And let him who thirsts, come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Boy, we're reading that at the end in Revelation. Come to me, right? Come and drink. Come and drink. Come and drink. Keep drinking. Keep coming to me. Keep drinking because it becomes a fountain within you of living water, refreshing water. Now, you know, it's interesting when we look at the Sea of Galilee. I've never been. Anybody here been to Israel before? Anybody in here? Okay, if you, I've never been, but there's the Sea of Galilee. Out of the Sea of Galilee flows the River Jordan. And the River Jordan, do you know what it flows into? The Dead Sea. The Sea of Galilee is full of plant life, full of fish life. It flows out, goes down to the River Jordan. We read all about it in the Bible. Uh, that, the Sea of Galilee has springs that are coming up in it to fill it back up. It begins to flow out, but then it goes into the Dead Sea. And you know what happens to the water when it goes into the Dead Sea? It's dead. There's no plant life. There's, you know what it's only good for? Salt and you floating on your back. <laughs> right? That's, those are the things it's good for. The reason the Sea of Galilee can uh, send out, because it's like a spring getting sent out. It's sending out those waters through the Jordan River. But the problem is the, sea, the Dead Sea has no outlet. And everything in it is dead. Here's what I believe Jesus is saying as well too. Jesus is telling this lady, not only in you will you get this river or this life of water, this springing up, you're to do what you eventually do. You're to go out and you're to tell somebody. You're to share it with somebody. You can't keep it all contained because your life was changed. Even if she had to tell him, I wouldn't say it that way, right? Let me tell you everything I ever, he told me everything I ever did. Right? I wouldn't want to say that. She's telling that. And the people came. The Bible says, I believe it says they say two or three more days to share and to talk to them, to the Samaritans, the people that the Jews would rather walk around their territory, not even get sand on their feet. But Jesus needed to go through because somebody was going to listen. Somebody was going to get full of his words. And that promise was going to be said about the Holy Spirit. He's going to refresh you. It's going to be on the inside of you. It's not an outside thing. It's not an experience once. It becomes something in you that bubbles up and bubbles up and bubbles up.
Uh, but I wanted to end with the words, will you help me? That's Jesus. That's, that's him saying, I'm tired. You know, I, I'm, I'm thirsty. Will you help me? I think that's powerful words. Give me a drink. Will you help, will you help me? I don't have anything to draw with. Will you help me? Wednesday, I was driving in, and uh, I'm on the 605 freeway north. It's probably, I don't know, 745. I'm not in the fast lane. I'm in the one over, and my truck conked out. I got semis flying by. I put it in neutral. I'm on the freeway. I'm not really that concerned. I'm uh, trying to start it again. It wouldn't start. So I hit my blinker, and I hit my hazard, and no, these trucks won't let me over. I'm like, I can't get stuck in the... That's the worst, right? You see people get stuck in the freeway and they get out and they walk around. Uh, so I, I'm able to get all the way over. I get right over before Ramona Drive. And I, it's the one time where you're like, all right, this is why I pay for AAA every year. Right? It's like the, it's like, and then I'm thinking this. I'm going to have to have this thing towed all the way down to my friend in Anaheim. I'm going to call Ernie Gomez to come pick me up off the side of the freeway. You know, i got to get all my stuff together. Well, all of a sudden, this guy, before I, I actually called AAA, this guy pulls up in front of me. He's on one of these Metro Freeway guys. So he's asking me what happened. And I said, you know, it, it almost just seemed like something was funny in my fuel. He says, did you run out of gas? I said, no, I did run out of gas. But I got gas at a place that, I, you know, it's the cheaper gas. Why is it a dollar a gallon cheaper? Well, I think I found out, right? <laughs> it's got a little additive called water, right, H2O. So he pumps in gas, thing fires right up. I don't think I waited 10 minutes. So he rolls down the window. He says, are you all set? And I asked him his name. And I, and I said, you know what? I said, I think I was supposed to be here today to pray for you. And I said, you had a dangerous job. He didn't want me to get out of the car. I got out. You know, I'm getting out. Get in the car. 605 trucks are coming by. He's gone on the side of my car right by the freeway. And I said, can I just pray for you? that the Lord would protect you today, right, and in all that you do. And I said, and you saved me. Like, my mind was going to, you know, dollar signs and stuck, and I'm on the freeway. And I, as I'm going through this day, I thought, sometimes that's what God does. I was safe. I wouldn't want anybody in my family to have to experience a cutout engine on the freeway and have to maneuver it. I wonder if all that happened just so I could look somebody in the eye through my window and say, hey, I want to pray for you today. And I think those are Jesus' words. Will you help me? When you come across people, will you help me? It's not about buying them uh, something to drink. It's would you just take that moment, that time. You know, I don't know how long the story was in the Bible. I don't think it was too long. Now, they end up talking about worship and worshiping God in spirit and truth. I don't think it was too long. Maybe... 10, 15 minutes because the disciples go into town, they get food and they come back out. And I love what Jesus says when they want to give him something to eat. And they said, you know, eat, eat. No, I, I, um, I don't need any food. And they're like, does he have food? Like, did he have a protein bar in the back pocket that we didn't know about and he's holding out on us? He says, my food is to do the will of my father. The thing that fulfills me. So here's Jesus we don't even know, I don't think he had anything to drink yet, but he, he sure seems still he's dirty and tired and weary, but he's willing to go ahead and do that ministry to forget himself to help somebody else. And that's what he's called us to do. Will you help me? As you get filled up, 
as that example of the Sea of Galilee. Don't keep it in there. Don't count the number of fish uh, that are in there. Be somebody that flows out to others. Lord, we come today. We so are grateful to you for your words to us. Lord, I pray over all of us that we would be people, as we're reading in John, that we come to you that daily time, all the time. You don't cast us out. You tell us to come. And so, Lord, in our, in our coming to you in this inside life that's like a fountain that will never thirst again. Lord, that's sometimes hard for us to wrap our mind on. Because sometimes we do feel spiritually dry, but you tell us, no, 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 uh, my, my overflow to you is joy. Be joyful today in your circumstance. Trust me that I'm at work. Believe me, even if the situation is confusing, believe me that I am at work and let that joy be something in my life. Let it be an outflow. Lord, I pray today that we would be people that are sensitive to your Holy Spirit because there are others through our days, by our inconveniences, that might just need to hear a word like that. Let me pray for you. I'm praying for you. How can I help you? But Lord, let us be sensitive today to your spirit. If anybody is here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, he's the one that wants to help you by giving you that living water. In fact, I'd like all of you to repeat this after me. Say this with me. Dear Lord, I believe in Jesus and I believe that he lived and that he died for me, but he rose again. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for bringing me into your family and forgiving me of all my sin. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As always, if you said those prayers, if you need prayer as we close, uh, we want to pray and anoint you today. But stand with me if you would as we close out the song. Together, who can stop the Lord? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? 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 Who can stop the Lord Stop the Lord Almighty. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord? God is alive. Our God is the lion, the lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains, and every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Every knee will bow before him.
that chorus one more time through. Our God is a lion. Our God is the lion, the lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before him. Our God is the lamb, the lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Every knee will bow before him. Praise the Lord. So what are you going to leave at the well? Because something has to be left in order to be filled. So I ask you today, what water pots in your life have to be left and laid down? Because the Lord wants you to run off and to give what you've received. But things have to be left in order to do that. Because you see, as we just saying, there will come a day, and I seem to think it's sooner rather than later, that every knee will bow and something will get left at that point. Every knee will bow. So what are you gonna leave? And see, even once we're saved, it's not just about getting saved and leaving that old life. Once we're saved, there's still things that need to be left. Our attitudes, our ways of thinking, adjusting our ways of thinking. Leave it. She had to adjust her lifestyle. Does your lifestyle need to be adjusted? Oh, he's messing with my water pots. You know, he wants to mess with the water pots today. So just food for thought. And a, a funny little thing after last week, you know, the carb comment. So Jesus is the bread of life. So last week, this past week, I had one night I made a pot of soup. And so Walt was heading to the office and he said, make sure you pick up a good crusty loaf of bread. I said, okay. So I go to the store. And I'm looking at all the bread and I find a really great crusty loaf. And then I see a French loaf. And then I see a nice cheese bread. I'm like, oh, I don't want to have to decide. I bought all three. <laughs> and we got home, we had our soup for dinner and I sat right in the middle of the table, all three loaves and a thing of butter. And I thought, well, he's the bread of life. On that note, today we are having food and fellowship and we're having wonderful soup. I'm not sure if there's bread, but I know that there is soup. So if you need prayer, if you need us to partner in prayer and believe in faith with you for something, please come forward. We would love to pray with you. Enjoy food and fellowship. If you need lunch sacks, please pick them up. Don't forget Bible study. Bring your Bibles to church and read John. Have a great week.